Go, go, Juice. It's your turn this week to start All up right. the intro. Hello, people, and welcome to our third episode of our super mega popular stream. Uh, what are we going to talk about today, Mr. Programmer, Mr. Maxi Boy? Uh, we're going to have um, some um, a mix of. Um, I guess we're we're gonna we're gonna start because we don't script our podcast, so we have a certain amount of subjects in mind, and if we have time to talk about them, in we have a set target of about one hour, um, and um, if we have time to talk about them, then uh, all then we will. If we don't, then we're just gonna talk about the the, the first subject that we have thought about. But cloud gaming uh, is our first one today. Yeah, cloud gaming sounds really cool. And yeah. you're kind of an expert in, in network and that kind of uh, technology. So why don't you start off with what is cloud cloud gaming? Um, yeah, I, I have worked with networking for most of my professional life anyway, um, and doing optimizations and uh, real-time networking and all, all that stuff. Um, but there, there are certain reasons where um, um, cloud gaming is very exciting right now. So, cloud in itself, doing things in the cloud, uh, hasn't isn't something new. Um, there, there have been a lot of uses for cloud gaming. Uh, Amazon has its cloud services. Microsoft has its cloud services. Azure, right, Juice? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think I don't know how it's pronounced. People say it differently. I say Azure. Okay, yeah, um, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but they're basically rent renting their their computing services for people to use for different applications. I think Amazon does it for testing and programming, and I don't know if they do rendering. Um, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I don't know well, if they have. I think it was like for. 400 or something kind of different kinds of services that they provide okay so the yeah then it's then it's uh it it must include rendering but yeah so for historically speaking these these services have been around for a while um so people have been able to use them for uh rendering their projects and and doing different different things that require a lot of computing um and uh now it's it's made a transition to gaming so in normal gaming you would use your computer to do all the computation your local computer uh, in cloud gaming you're basically um, putting that computation on an external device that is in a data center somewhere um, and and that would most likely be some type of server or pc um, and what happens is that you have an input as the user because you're controlling a character or you're controlling a situation or a camera or whatever um, and then the server is doing the computation and sending the data back to you um, in form of images over the internet yeah uh, so it's basically uh, netflix but with controllers right exactly it's like an interactive netflix yeah i would say yeah exactly um, uh, I'm just gonna be like a little. <clears throat> I'm not really sure. Like I said previously, I don't really think it is 400. Uh, maybe it was 140 different kinds of uh, services, but I think it was something in with the term like 40, 40 something. If it was 400 or 140, I don't remember. 
Okay. Um, yeah, but it's but still yeah. a bunch Anyways. of services. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, there, there is, um, <clears throat> there's this, the, the problem with cloud gaming, or I guess the, the difference between cloud gaming and actually doing some computation on a render farm or, or uh, testing or compilation of code is that, you know, latency because you, you have a user input as well and you need to, to process it and send, in, send it back within reasonable time. Otherwise, the game is unplayable. So that's, that's a pretty important part of, of, of gaming in the cloud. Um, <clears throat> now, there are, uh, I know that you, Juice, have, have read up on, um, on another service, which is Microsoft service, uh, which I haven't really checked out. Um, but as of today, there are two big services that have been launched, and, and one of them is GeForce Now, which, which is driven by NVIDIA, and uh, the other is Google Stadia, which is yeah, released and driven by Google. I'm going to correct you there. There is actually one that has been very prevalent in the, in the past couple of years, <clears throat> PlayStation Now. Oh, it's yeah, that's true. The, yeah. It's actually the, the like world's most popular cloud gaming service um but yeah it has its issues as well yeah you are very right and i, I have used playstation now actually because it's it's a very good way of playing playstation 3 games on your ps4 um i know that not all games are on that service but you are right yeah i forgot about yeah. that uh there are you know there are other services and we can we can talk about those as well um because they're kind of exciting as well. There is a French uh, company that released a service a while back, uh, which is called Shadow PC. But you know that that oh, one, yeah, yeah. yeah <clears throat> that one works a bit more differently, uh, in a good way, to be honest. Um, but uh, it's it's a little bit more different. And in the past, it it was also much more expensive than these other services, but. During, um, I don't know if it was this year or last year, they lowered their pr prices to match GeForce Now and Google Stadia, because I think um, Stadia is ten dollars a month, uh, and GeForce Now is really cheap. It's about five ninety nine or four ninety nine. Um, Doesn't Stadia have like three different kinds of tiers? I think uh, I think ten dollars a month is just one. Uh... One, one kind of subscription with a very limited library, right? Yeah, because yeah. th they have the, a free version as well where you uh, basically oh, buy okay. all the games that they have available, but you yeah, don't right. get... Because they were advertising 4K 60fps gaming with Dolby surround sound in the at the beginning. And then the, the free service only gives you 1080p 60fps, I think. And then... Which is still okay. I mean... Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's totally fine. Um, and uh, I think that that was the free subscription and then... Uh, free subscription, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like almost exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, subscribe, subscribe to us, it's free. Is it a subscription then? <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they do they do have these two models that I know uh, of anyway. And they they had before they launched they had a Founders Edition you could buy. You could get a Chromecast Ultra because you can use the Chromecast with with Stadia and a controller oh, yeah, yeah. as well. Um, 
and uh, that was part of and you could also choose your name i think your username i don't know how it works really i haven't had all the details of that but it seems that they may might generate your username and if you were a founders edition person then you you could choose your own name or something like that um but yeah so those are the two that are very big right now in in the pc world uh, let's let's uh, limit them to that and then of course we have ps now which is actually a very good service i i i played about two or three months and i was surprised i mean it was really nice to be honest it was really nice yeah cool but there is a uh, uh, an annoying price tag on it right i think it was like a hundred dollars or something uh it's a monthly thing it's uh oh, okay yeah, yeah they right. they changed that i think um you could if because they have this ps plus playstation plus membership um i don't know if it was included in that or you had to pay an additional but it's like six dollars or four dollars a month or something like that it, it wasn't very expensive to be honest it was okay yeah okay cool we can double check uh, online and if if there's uh, anybody listening out there they might correct us and say well yeah, uh it's... sorry it was a hundred dollars a year oh yeah okay yeah so yeah, yeah. that makes so prob yeah so that would be make it what eight dollars a month yeah roughly yeah yeah something like that it's it's matching the other services i would yeah. say uh, yeah, all right. But like you said, it's been there for a while, actually. But isn't there like a cap as well? I mean, the technical aspect of a PlayStation streaming service was, I think it was 30 FPS, right? Uh, it depends on the game. Some games can be run for the, on, the, on the PS4 Pro. Uh, some games can be run at, or a lot of games, I think, can be run at 60 FPS. Uh, yeah, but I mean the streaming service, the PS Now. Ah, you, hard to say on a TV. My my, I have an ancient TV, which is <laughs> 1080, 1080p, and it, it is a 60 hertz TV. But it's very hard to say what they're, uh, what they're. Uh, at least from from using it, it's very hard to say. I don't know what yeah, okay. the cap was. If you know, yeah. Okay. yeah. No, if if that's the case, then it's probably pretty good. I mean, if you, if you didn't realize that it was running on 30 FPS, then you were kind of in into the game, so pretty well yeah. uh, done, I guess. From, yeah, from it's, the I mean, for me, I didn't, I didn't notice any difference, to be honest. It was very responsive, very good. There might, yeah. be, uh, might be other people that have seen a difference. I don't know how... I mean, in Sweden, we do have pretty good Ethernet, and the ISP configuration is pretty good, so... Latency wise, we're kind of blessed. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, because, you know, bandwidth isn't everything. I mean, bandwidth is, of course, very important so you don't get pixelated images and you get a good gaming as close to as locally playing experience. Um, yeah. But if the ISP configuration is very, very bad or there are some hardware devices in your ISP's network. ISP is Internet Service Provider, sorry, uh, for people that don't know. Um, if they have a bad configuration, you might have a longer latency than, than, necess than necessary. So you would have a, a pretty bad gaming experience ev anyway, even though you know the game looks good um, once you, you yeah. get the frames. Um, so taking just <clears throat> like moving on to like, why would you 
go for uh, for Stadia, for instance? Why would why would you want to go for a cloud gaming service instead of buying the games or the consoles yourself? Why are the the like the major players like Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, even Walmart? I think we're talking about cloud gaming services. I mean, okay. What does Walmart have anything to do with? It? <laughs> <laughs> well, they want a piece of the the cake, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you get the point. I mean, everyone, every major player out there in in major industries is talking about cloud gaming. But why would people want to go for a cloud game instead of? having a console uh, well one obvious reason would probably be like you could have a, an old computer with decent hardware i guess uh where you can just play a game on high-end uh graphics yeah would that be one of the reasons i mean why would why would they not use that for instance uh, as a reason for for buying it well that uh, is a big reason uh, yeah. it's one, probably one of the biggest reasons. I mean, you have you have different type of people out there. So um, you have people that maybe feel they don't have time to game, but they do have a, let's say, work laptop, which does about 90% of everything they want to do. Because um, they're, maybe they're working in programming and you don't need a beefy laptop. Uh, it's, of course... Uh, good to have as many cores as, as possible if you want to to uh, multi multi core compile stuff and you have big projects but you know if you're working with it maybe you, your company has a compute farm somewhere that you can use or something like that so your laptop is basically enough for 90% of the things that you're doing and you're feeling that well you know if i buy a, a gaming computer uh, it's just going to sit there for 90% of the time because i don't have time to game or you're traveling yeah. and you want to bring your games with you. That's an that's another use case. Um, and then you have people yeah. that just don't have the money to to buy a gaming computer. Um, I was yeah, sure, I, I get that as well. But I mean, if you're traveling and you want to play games, you could probably have a, a like either laptop or you could probably have your Switch if that would be one of the uh, consoles that you want to take with you. Because one of the problems with traveling most of the time is that you don't have a decent internet connection right true so whenever you're at a hotel you're i mean if you have if you ever get anything more than one megabit per second then you're just you could just grab a bottle and pop it <laughs> right off <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah if, if playing on the vacation would be one of the reasons then go for a switch i would say but yeah yeah that's, yeah, just that's me. true i mean uh, that's very true you you never know i mean you could Wherever you end up, you could have the world's best internet connection, or you can have the world's worst internet connection. Because you never know at hotels how they how they configure everything, their access points, their networks, uh, if they have any IT guys that actually do that, or if they just you know try to do that by themselves. You you never know about the quality of internet. What if, what you know is your internet at home. But I think yeah, exactly. It, you know, it's it's I think lack of time and and um, this thing where you feel that your gaming computer might probably just sit there and collect dust so you don't think it's worth it of course you can buy a gaming laptop like you say but you know gaming laptops are very expensive it's a pretty yeah, pretty high uh, high price tag on even pretty low low spec computers which might not give you the experience you want so you know it's it's a bit of a gamble yeah, that is true that is true 
Yeah, it's an expensive yeah. gamble as well because they they do they do have a high price tag at least if you want some decent uh, decent hardware. But, you know, on the other hand, of course, um since Nvidia launched these mobile they're not mobile anymore graphics cards, uh they're more or less equivalent to their desktop counterparts. So, you know that well, if I buy a let's say a computer with an RTX 2070 today, a laptop with an RTX 2070 today. Um, it's pretty future-proof and it's gonna probably max out most of the games that I, I play. And those games that it doesn't max out, it will make such a small difference that it's pretty good anyway. But it's a high yeah. price tag anyway. Um, but I'll then presume from a... Sorry, uh, yeah, continue. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I would presume as a game developer... Uh, being, you know, most of the time whenever you do uh, develop a game, you do know what hardware you're working on, or if it's for PC, then you need to add like the configurability of a, a game. You need to be able to say that, hey, um, from what I saw just a few seconds ago, your computer seems to be a mid-range computer, so these settings would probably be giving you the best experience, uh, and then you have medium shadows and medium uh, lighting sources or uh, whatever uh, shaders, all those things that, that need to be configured. Uh, in in terms of this cloud computing, cloud gaming experience, as a game developer, you don't know which which specs you're working on. So I would it would be interesting to see how you tackle that from... Uh, game developers standpoint because of course you can you can create a game that works on stadia and stadia itself has a controller so you know that there will be uh, you do have four buttons or whatever I, I don't really know the the layout of the uh, stadia controller but there is a controller which comes with stadia yeah. in, in on the other platforms there is none there you don't you're, you you can't really um, guarantee that the player that you're working that's playing your game has four buttons or six buttons or whatever. So how do you tackle that as a game developer? Would be interesting to see. Yeah, well, I, at least you know the specs of the server or the virtual machine that they're creating, so you can always you, <coughs> go off from sure? that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty sure. Uh, okay. At least. So uh, if you if you know that, then of course, then you do know the uh, what kind of. Yeah, what range of graphics hardware you're working with, and what what kind of RAM and etc. Exactly. From from at least for GeForce now, I can't speak for Stadia, but since Stadia is a different platform, I guess that there are certain APIs there to help you as the developer as you're developing your game for Stadia. And as you said, yeah. the controller. I mean, <clears throat> the controller is mapped just like a. It looks like a. Uh, more close to an Xbox controller, uh, Xbox uh, One or whatever, uh, you know, the fatter type, yeah, okay. wider yeah, yeah. type. And they have the joysticks, one at the top and one at the bottom, I think, uh, just as uh, Xbox has. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And the amount of buttons, I think, is the same. They have four buttons um, and then two, two uh, uh, thumb, thumb joysticks and... Uh, the trigger buttons that you always have and the button on, uh, above that for for yeah your... so basically well that's like like i just said the the stadia version but every pay i mean when you play a pc game 
you know that there is uh, yeah, some people probably play with keyboard and mouse or you're supposed to be able to play your games with uh, with a cell phone, right? Mm, yeah, you so can do you that. The, yeah. Whenever you play Stadia or uh, whatever streaming service you use, you should also be able to map the the buttons the buttons on the uh, uh, cell phone. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need to you need to do that um, in the in the streaming application that you have for your um, for your um, service. Yeah, you, yeah, I mean you have to because uh, there's controller support. I know GeForce now has controller support as well. Um, and um, you can there's controller support in Steam and all these uh, other other types of services as well that they they automatically kind of map um, the PS4 controller for example to the game and you can you can play play the game via Steam. It kind of smart. Yeah. It's it's very smart because I think Steam itself uh, might have some APIs as well. So when you're um, releasing your game on steam there's there's something there you can use for controllers and stuff like that I yeah they do have the the steam controller and they you can identify it using the api exactly yeah yeah uh, and they support the ps4 controller and i think they support the xbox controller since it's uh it has native support in in windows as well so um that's that's pretty easy and and detectable at least like you said yeah um but if we go back to the reasons, I think you know a, a big reason is is a financial reason. Um, so maybe you can't afford to buy a gaming computer or build a gaming computer. I think that or upgrade one. I mean, sorry, just like yeah. to give an additional reason. Um, after a few years, your computer will probably be outdated, so you need to upgrade it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, having a having a service like this, you never have to to think about that again. Exactly. It's 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 mostly like having a console, to be honest, because in the console world, it's it's also the same thing where you know that games released for your console will always run fine. You don't have to worry yeah. about, you know, oh, hardware compatibility here and hardware compatibility there. Do I have to tweak the settings to make this playable or anything? So it's kind of cloud console, let's say. But as you said, I mean, you don't you never have to worry about upgrading your PC. Uh, that's that's the service providers worry. But you know that kind of makes me wonder if how the tech world will move on because up until now you know the the graphics uh, the, the the graphics companies like Nvidia um, they are like the frontier of getting the the visual fidelity of uh, computers to move forward right but yeah. if if play if if there is a service that does this for you then there is no re there's no reason for high end players to i mean mid range players to do to buy which probably would mean that those companies would have to find resources from somewhere else i mean of course the the uh, the services the service providers like sony's nintendo and google etc they they're gonna buy the like a huge amount of uh, graphics cards, um, but I would guess that they are fewer than the number of players that are out there. Uh, the 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 research has been has been pushed forward in in an, as an effect of players playing games with high fidelity, 
and buying stuff that are more and more uh, high fidelity, so to speak. Yeah. Faster, faster, uh, more gigaflops, etc. Yeah, I mean it's true, and and the business has been pushing graphics very, very hard, uh, and and of course, I mean it's it's gonna be a shift, definitely. I think I mean if if I I've been saying this for I don't know many years now, but I think that in the future we're we're all gonna be moving to to the cloud. To be honest, I think that um, there will. I don't see um, why we people should concern ourselves about hardware in the future. I think that we're we're all gonna run around with thin clients, and yeah. we're gonna run on our, our on our virtual PC in the in the cloud. And you know because it's already kind of happening. Um, so basically. Shadow PC that we talked about is also a streaming service, but it works kind of differently where you you build your virtual PC in the cloud and then you pay a monthly subscription for that PC. And that means that, well, you don't only have to use it for gaming. Uh, they do have a gaming PC model that you can just choose and they, they're going to default some stuff for you. I think that you can go in deeper than that and have uh, much more hardware specification if you're trying to do any any more more advanced things than gaming if you're trying to use it for other types of computing but that's the the point as well that you can use it for other things than gaming you can do image processing video rendering you can do anything on that pc because it's your own instance of of a pc in the cloud um and you know there are benefits with that because for for the laptop market Imagine you're running around with a with a laptop that is basically a very small processor for showing you images, um, some kind of Wi-Fi and and wired adapter, uh, and then it's all its internals are being replaced by a big battery. Um, that would give you insane amount of battery life, especially since you don't have to run any fans, you don't have to for for a big issue for gaming laptops that we discussed is that once you're running a game, if you're on battery, you can never have an extended game session. You have to be plugged into the wall. And that's because the power consumption be becomes so great that you know there's no chance you could run an eight-hour game session, for example. No chance. Yeah. You have to be plugged in. Um, so but there's also, there's also another part, uh, and especially if you have an NVIDIA card, um the the fps is capped at i think it was like 30 fps or something yeah once you go uh, in this power save mode yeah yeah, yeah whenever you just remove these uh, the uh, power cord yep yep uh but just to like comment on what what you saw say uh, that what you're describing is already here in I the know. form of google chrome books yeah exactly but yeah from from what I see, people it, it hasn't really ca caught up on, like it doesn't even match closely to the other the other kinds of laptops that are out there. Well, I mean you have you have the Chromebooks, you have the Microsoft uh, versions of whatever. Uh, you have the uh, the Mac computers, the MacBooks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and people still go for the 
for the higher priced higher end computers instead of the chromebook well is that I, because the uh, the infrastructure isn't there yet you think no nah, i think i think that the biggest problem for the chromebook is that you can't really be productive on it i you know like adobe you want to work in photoshop or you want to record an audition like we're doing right now or something else it's not nobody's building applications for the chromebook i mean nobody in the in the big business the big industries like you can't run 3d studio max on a chromebook for example in the cloud whatever it doesn't matter if you're running it in the cloud or not it's just not there it doesn't exist so yeah, so the infrastructure isn't there yet <clears throat> yeah so, exactly so if nobody builds applications for your thing then it it's gonna die look at windows phone for example that's a very good example of how things die because you you haven't caught the developer's eyes either you didn't make it easy enough to develop for your platform or you know not enough people are using it or something else if if applications are not there then it's gonna die definitely yeah you know there's uh i think in, was it microsoft that may they tried to like get people to their to their streaming service not the streaming yeah, yeah streaming sorry game streaming like it compared it to twitch uh what was it called what was it called it was called mixer okay uh and it was supposed to like get people to go into that kind of uh, uh yeah to their competition so to speak to to, to the uh to microsoft version and they did that using buying the streamers they i think it was like 200 millions or 40 millions or whatever it was like a huge amount of uh money that went went into getting streamers to go to the mixer platform okay but it died for some reason i think pe people just didn't want to go didn't want to be there uh and they went on to go into facebook gaming instead yeah. uh but yeah that was that was something that you just said there where if you don't have people, uh, if you don't have people there, it's just gonna die out. Yeah, definitely. And this, I mean, this is one of these. This is one of the uh, the examples. Yeah, it's it's bound to happen. I mean, you need you need support from these big guys because people. I mean, of course, we are gaming a lot, but a lot of the big companies and all that they want to be productive, and they're using tools for doing stuff. So for your i mean i don't have a lot of insight into chromebooks i haven't you know really checked out okay what's available on a chromebook so now i'm just speaking a, a little bit with having without having any experience of a chromebook but uh, i'm assuming now that you know nobody is using a chromebook for real production because the tools aren't there i mean they could but the chromebook is also marketed as something else i know that here in Sweden, at least, schools used to use Chromebooks. And for what oh, the really? students... Yeah, some schools, at least, that I, I, I heard of. Um, and for for what the students are doing, you know, writing papers and all that, then, you know, Google Docs is more than enough. Uh, but you have to think that, well, for a company, they need, you know, they need the office, uh, office package. They need... 3D Studio Max. They need Adobe Photoshop and the Adobe Creative Cloud thing. Uh, they need to be able to do programming and development. They need so th there's a lot of needs that aren't really being met there. Um, 
But as you said, the future is now. I mean, what what's a lot of these cloud things are are here, um, and they are different services. There have they have been here for a while, but now it's it's becoming more and more mainstream. Mainstream, and I think that it's because the prices are going down as well that people find a value in renting a PC in the cloud. Otherwise, before it it could be aimed at companies or something else, and it was of course too expensive for for a single person to pay for that. Um, but yeah, the future is here. The, the only thing that we're missing actually to make this, what I said about thin clients and all that, all that is connectivity. However, connectivity could be solved by 5G because yeah. it's going to offer everything that we need. And once we get there, um, then there's no real reason to, to run off our hardware, uh, hardware based computers. Everybody could run off an instance in the cloud, to be honest. Yeah, unless there are some tinfoil people there burning those. <laughs> it's <laughs> there's the always gonna be <laughs> <laughs> there's always gonna be a market for you know buying your own computer and and building it yourself. I I do believe that, um, but it's gonna shrink. I think a lot. Yeah, there's also another another cool thing which comes with cloud computing. And I would, at least I think so. Um, and I think security is one of those things. I mean, one of the problems some games have these days is that uh, people cheat. And they have mods that, that run some kind of manipulation of, of the IP packets that they send to the servers um, just to get a little bit of insight of uh, of the the game state for instance i know that valorant had a, had a few problems recently where some people could find could see the players as boxes before they were actually seen on the screen yeah. so being behind walls people knew exactly where they were uh, and even though the valorant has uh, has a really high end like security kind of feature uh, I can't remember the name of the uh, Vanguard. Oh, Vanguard, yeah, thank you. Uh, which is really like low end, trying to get, trying to limit the number of options you have as a, as a cheater. People still manage to find ways around that. Yeah, and I know that there was a what is the call? What is the Blizzard card game called? Um, uh, damn. Hearth, Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, they had some problems as well, uh, but I don't know if they actually addressed that. Um, but one of the problems they had there was that some people managed to create a some kind of an algorithm which said that, hey, your opponent has these cards. And if you know the opponent's cards, then, yeah, you've basically won the, the card game. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, that's a big they, issue. Yeah, so... Having cloud games uh, as or things run in the cloud, you really limit the 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 way cheaters can attack your service. Yeah, it's of basically course. just a, a thin client, right? The only thing that you send over over the network is the input. Yeah, at least for now. And then yeah, for now. If you, um, I mean, if if you have something like Shadow PC, then Shadow PC allows you to install anything on your virtual virtual instance. Yeah, but that runs on a on a separate like virtual 
machine, right? Yeah. And yeah. people do people play multiplayer games in those? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so so they they actually give you the the option to do that. All right. Yeah, I mean you can you can uh, download because it's like a normal PC. You you get the option to download Steam. You can download the Epic client and you can install your games um on, on that and you can choose the amount of storage you want on your computer i think default for a gaming rig is about 256 gigs which is a bit too little but um <clears throat> you do get that yeah, option and then you can install whatever you want so you could yeah, okay. install a cheat however um it doesn't it still means that because they are running on somebody else's machine uh, that could have security protocols in place to not allow you to install uh, what they determine to be cheat uh, uh, cheatware or whatever. Yeah, true. So, but so I the mean, hand, they do have much have more control. Uh, well, you know, that's not gonna help you because you still connect to the same machine. So yeah, you, true. It, but yeah, but on the other hand, you can you can use that computer to hack into something else instead. Yeah, I mean, you can you could always use that, uh, but it does it does increase the possibility to prevent it just because you can monitor the traffic from that machine and yeah, you can true. monitor that machine in a whole other way because it's yeah. running in your environment and not in my environment at home yeah true um so a lot of it can be prevented yeah um but yeah shadow pc i think is is very exciting um it's this french company i can't remember their name i think it was uh blade or something like that um that that launched it and it's a definitive definitely a competitor to to uh, geforce now i would say um first and foremost maybe even stadia um because i've seen a lot of discussion online about platform and service and the way geforce now works is that you should be able to play your existing library on a remote device so if you have a steam library of games um, they start up you can start up the steam client on on their remote computer uh, or cloud computer and you can choose which game you want to play and the same goes for they have the ubisoft client as well and the epic game client on there as well um, and what what pisses me off the most <laughs> and you know about this because i have some feelings about this i love that model because it means that you don't have to buy the game again for geforce now if you already own it on steam you can play it on geforce now or some of the games we'll get to that later um, but geforce now essentially is not a platform it's just a service and there's a difference because a platform is some kind of hardware and then a software on which applications can run, right? So it's an execution environment. So you can say, like we discussed, we discussed me, me and Joseph, we discussed this before the podcast. But um, so Windows is is an operating system, but it's also a platform because it gives you the opportunity to build your own applications that are compatible with it. It gives you all the tools. So you have APIs for networking, you have APIs for graphics. Uh, you have a APIs for uh, whatever you want to do. Um, and your application is running inside their environment. So therefore, it's a platform. The same way um, PS4 is a platform. You as a game developer, 
if you want to release on Windows and the PS4, you can't just do that off the bat. You have to do some adaptations for the PS4, meaning that you have to compile it for the PS4 operating system. And that means some things because their binary is not going to be equal to the uh, Windows binary. Um, their, if you're using networking, their networking APIs are not going to be the same. Their graphical APIs are not going to be the same. You have to kind of, and also the icons and all that, the core of the game might be the same, but everything around that interacting with the actual platform needs to be adapted to that platform. Um, and that's why, you know, you have to buy a game on PC if you want to run it. And then on the PS4, you can't just, you know, go and say, well, I just bought this game on, on PC. Let me run it on the PS4 because of course they want to get paid. Uh, since it, it's a lot of work to kind of release it for that platform as well. But GeForce Now is not a platform. I mean, the developer doesn't have to do anything for a client to be able to run this game. So, you know, you, you published your game on Steam. It's available on GeForce Now as well. You didn't have to do one thing. The only thing that happens is that people that couldn't play your game before can play it now, which is kind of, that's what pissed me off so much because, as you know, uh, um, GeForce Now was in beta for about five years, I think. And then, yeah, yeah. And people were playing on it and it was working very, very well. Uh, there was a beta queue and it, it, you weren't guaranteed a, a spot, but I had, I was part of the beta and it worked very well. And you had the Activision games and you had, you had uh, Rockstar games as well, I think, in the beta. But then as, as soon as GeForce Now launched, they, they pulled back their, their games from GeForce Now. And then you might be sitting there thinking, what do you mean? Because you said that you know you, they're running the Steam client on their PCs, which is true. But um, GeForce Now works in a way where you can choose which data center you want to connect to, but you don't always get the same machine. So the problem is that they have to cache the games, otherwise you'd have to re-download re your games every time you got a new machine, which sucks because if you, you know, if you have one hour to play and it takes a half an hour to download the game and install the game, then that time is gone. So, you know, that, that sucks. So then, then they have to cache the games. And for that, I think that they need the, the publisher's permission to do that. Ah, um, uh, okay. Yeah, 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 I get what you're getting at. Yeah, so, so I mean, because... On your local PC, of course, it's your game is always going to be there. But on their PCs or the servers in in the cloud, the the games yeah, are not always there. They're redistributing the game in an un in an un what is it, ethical manner. Well, at least if it's ethical or not, I mean, the the publishers control if they can cache their games or not. I think That's yeah, the it's, whole... I mean, it's a violation uh, because I think whenever. When you read the EULA, e -A, um, yeah. end users license agreement, I think it's called, yeah. uh, which people mostly don't, uh, because if you're if you're a regular person, you really don't care about that. But if you're a company, you could get sued, and the uh, whenever you get sued, you lose a lot of money, uh, either if you're winning or losing. It doesn't really care it matter. Well, in the U.S., the 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 uh, judicial system works in a different way, but 
let's not go into that <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a this is a podcast for, for technology right yeah and games. not for lawyers uh, not for lawyers <laughs> but lawyers Sorry, can people. listen anyway they can learn something um well you know we might actually take up on uh, this subject uh, pick up on it sometime in the future yeah and how but yeah either way um being uh being a company that that redistributes your game as a developer or a publisher uh it's really most of the time going against the the the, the agreement that you uh that you have with the publisher yeah since since they do have to store a copy of the game on a, yeah. on a steam caching server or a, you know a caching server um so that the users don't have to re-download the game every time yeah but that's what i mean now i get pissed off instead <laughs> because <laughs> i mean if they, if they pay if they pay like a subscription kind of a model to the publishers saying that hey uh, we give you x amount of dollars if we can just cash it yeah but uh, you know nvidia doesn't do that they don't pay yeah, the no. publishers yeah it's... yeah i know and that's that's what, what kind of ticks me off right now yeah it, of course i mean they could do that but the you know the price of the service is so low that they would have to basically increase it to make everything uh, work. Yeah, sure. But on the other hand, the publishers get their name out even more. I mean, they get they get a lot more downloads. Probably uh, they get a lot more people playing the games, and in the end, they want players to play their games, right? Instead of going well, to some third-party service where they play another game. Yeah, well, it seems that Activision and Blizzard and Rockstar Games don't want to do that. Because, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, um, NVIDIA doesn't have to pay them anything uh, for them to earn more money off their service. Because even though you know NVIDIA says, well, we're going to cash your game, but I mean, the, the gamers still have to buy the game to play it. It's not like NVIDIA is giving out free copies of the game. It's, yeah, true. Yeah, so so they get more. Rockstar Games is already a big company. Activision is already a big company. They, I don't think they need more exposure, but um, they they get more players, and that's what they don't understand. I mean, there was a guy on Twitter. Um, it was a game. I can't remember the name of the game, but I had to just comment on that because he was like, "Well, you know, we pulled back our game because," and that was a a smaller company. It wasn't Activision or Rockstar Game. It wasn't on on that Rockstar game, sorry, on that level. But you know, he said, "Oh well, you know, we pulled it, we pulled the game off because Nvidia didn't ask our permission." And then I said, "Well, you know, Nvidia is not giving out games. So what what are you on about? You're getting more sales because of Nvidia. They're doing this. It's like they're doing you a free favor. You know, they're more people can play your game. People that maybe wanted to play your game before, but they didn't have the computer to do that." now can play your game. What's the problem? I don't understand it. I mean, you know, NVIDIA has this awesome service, uh, people, and what sucks is that this impacts the gamers, which is the, the, things, the thing that sucks the absolute most. Because people had bought, you know, before the GeForce Now launch, people bought Call of Duty, whatever the latest Call of Duty was, because there are a thousand Call of Duties. <laughs> <laughs> so you lose track. But anyway, they bought them um, because uh, they they wanted to play it on GeForce Now launch. And then on GeForce launch, 
Activision pulls back Call of Duty and all all their games from GeForce now. And the gamers are like, wait a minute, what? What happened now? So I bought this copy of the game that I now cannot play at all because I didn't have the <laughs> hardware to play it in the first place. So you're putting them in a in an impossible position. It's like, oh, you know, buy a new computer for $500, $600, $700 if you want to play our game. So it just, you know, it's just so bad. I They're not thinking of the gamers in, in that instance, to be honest. Because if they did, they would just say, well, okay, thank you for the extra income, NVIDIA. Right? It's, yeah, right. Yeah. But I think that touches on the, like I said previously, about the uh, the end-user license agreement. But anyway, uh, I was wondering, those guys who bought the game, didn't they like get a key for, for the game? Couldn't they download the game afterwards? I well, mean, from, yeah, from... you buy it on Steam or whatever you want to buy oh, okay. it on. Yeah, it's just right. a yeah, normal sure. procedure. Yeah, Probably just, they you, could you get a refund could... or something. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah uh, so they, they weren't really left uh, out there to dry. I'm I'm hoping that they weren't. I'm hoping <laughs> that they could get a refund from Steam because, you know, be, because GeForce now is, usu- is using existing platforms, services, yeah. t- uh, you you buy essentially a game like you normally would. Um, and that's why I call it a service. And there has been, you know, people have been referring to it as a platform. Whereas, for example, something like Stadia, that's a platform because yeah. developers need to release, re-release their game for Stadia. Um, and then there was a discussion. I'm, I'm hanging quite a lot in the GeForce Now Reddit forums. And there was a discussion of, well, you know, how about new games? Because new games, you know, are you don't own them at all. So it, the, you can't use the argument that, well, you know, I have my Steam. I can go to GeForce Now and play my existing games. Where would you buy them? And I would say a direct comparison of the quality, of the image quality from yeah. Stadia and, and GeForce Now. Uh, GeForce Now is much better. Um but I would even for new games, I would still buy them on GeForce Now. It for if I was a person with low end hardware, I don't have the money to buy anything new, or I don't want to buy anything new, I would still buy them on GeForce Now because GeForce Now is a lot more flexible. So let's say I buy this game today, I play it solely on GeForce Now. Then in a couple of years, I want to upgrade my rig. And I buy a new computer, a new gaming computer. I still have my game. I still own the game on Steam or Epic or Uplay. So I can play it locally. I can choose. It's free to choose. On Stadia, on the other hand, if I buy it on Stadia, I buy it for the Stadia platform. Then in three years, if I want to buy a new gaming computer, uh, you know, tough luck. I have to buy it on Steam or Epic Games or online somewhere or a physical copy. So you mm. don't really you you get locked in because it's it's the same thing. I mean, yeah, the decision you have to make: Do I buy this game for the PS4 because I won't be able to play it on PC, or do I buy it for PC? Um, so yeah, that's why that's why um, I you made, love GeForce you made now. Me, uh, think about something there. There was something you said there about the uh, later on. I think just for some reason I was thinking about time. In uh, <laughs> like because you say later on. I mean, one of the things that we that players have have done so far, um, or actually gamers, 
Yeah, förlåt, not, sorry, not gamers. I mean, uh, game developers. Uh, there's this thing with pixel art coming back, right? Yeah. Well, pixel art is essentially something that came out in the 80s, right? Something somewhere where the arcades and like turned from being an arcade into the Nintendo entertainment system. Uh, so where you could just play the games locally uh, together with friends or something. One of the things that I that I'm afraid of having this kind of uh, an approach with online games or like cloud gaming is that we won't be able to have a history. We can't we can't really show off history, right? In 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 the sense that we ha- we have done so far. I mean, I could show my son a Nintendo Entertainment System. He he would probably be like, eh, what's this? Uh, but it's still something nostalgic for me to show off. Imagine being 10 years in the future where everything you do, uh, where everything you've done is done in the cloud. How would you go back into like today's games and just like in the infancy of cloud gaming and show off to your grandkids? Well, you probably won't be a <laughs> grandpa in 10 years, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully not yeah <laughs> that would be kind of like scary right yeah <laughs> for those who don't know our kids are uh, one and a half and three ish so yeah. <laughs> um basically what i'm trying to say is that there is a historical aspect to games as well yeah there are gaming uh, museums uh there are game uh, entertainment places where you could just go in and go back to the 80s and see when you played Super Mario the first time, etc. That won't be able... To, I mean, you won't be able to do that in, in the future unless there are specialized places. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, there's not nothing to show, not no hardware to show. Of course, you can show a server. It's like, oh, this yeah, is the show first. Us, yeah, you know? <laughs> but it's just a generic server. There's no... I mean, in the... I guess... Consoles will survive for for some years to come. At least, I think the biggest problem for cloud gaming and cloud services and all that to work. At least, if you wanna, if you don't want to use it as we first said, um, in a way of just put off some computing like rendering or something, because that doesn't really matter. You know, you can just say to the to the compute farm, render this scene. And then you can do something else on your on your computer. But as as using cloud services as personal computers, I think connectivity is the issue that needs to be solved. So wherever you go, you have the a very very good connectivity at least. And and right now when you know screen screen resolution is increasing and and all that, and everybody wants 4K 60 FPS and and that that's where you'll need very very good connectivity uh both bandwidth wise and latency wise otherwise you won't um you won't be able to to um to sell this to to the majority of the world because the majority of the world doesn't have as good in- internet as we we have here in Europe and and you know um so yeah since you have to be connected to 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 get your your frames you need connectivity solved. I think that's the biggest issue. Um, the yeah, rest and I think, is, and I think there are a lot of like bigger, major players out there. Google is one of them. 
Microsoft is doing something great as well. I'm probably probably Verizon and Ericsson do these kinds of like solving the the 5G, 6G probably as well. Uh, well, yeah, 5G is coming. Uh, it's already yeah. here, to be honest, um, and it aims at solving a lot of these issues. Uh, and it's it's a bit more uh, service uh, uh, service concentrated, I would say. Um, it's it's gonna try to 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 solve uh, issues that we have had maybe in in LT or 4G, as you want to call it. For those yeah, that don't know, I work with 5G, um, so um, <clears throat> I have an insight in what's going on, a pretty big insight in, in what's going on right now. Some things I can't talk about, sadly, but um, the the major aim of, of 5G is doing all these all these service uh, service things where you can have low latency services and bandwidth uh, bandwidth services and all that then you separate them into into different uh, different aspects of the same technology basically but yeah um, I think even with 5g it has to be available everywhere um, so there's there's gonna be some time where um, where we're, we're gonna go through this transition phase I think uh, we're, we're already at it to be honest but um, it's only it's only gonna be uh, available in country high tech countries as of right now. But yeah, yeah. It's um, in in terms of in in terms of games that could be played on the uh, on the cloud farms. I'm I'm interested. Yeah, you said something in 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 terms of latency. There are some kind of games that I'm, I'm thinking of fighting games that are really, really um, the the high, super high profile gamers, the the high end ones, really know exactly which frame they should put press a button and for how long in order for one specific thing to cancel something else. For instance, yeah. I know Street Fighter is one of those. Uh, is one of those games. I know that Super Smash Brothers is one of those games. Uh, but what happens when you play that in the cloud, or you have like ten thousands other ones playing the same game? Uh, yeah, of course you do have the server farm that does a lot of rendering for you. But there will be uh, at least, I would presume, five six frames uh limitation uh, i mean uh, delay yeah um how 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 would that be possible to get around with the new 5g technology for instance well you you would be able to set a an ultra low uh latency service for for those types of applications but you know you you're still going to have the geographical latency I think yeah. f fighting games are are a case where a lot of people are are bringing up as not suitable for a cloud environment. But you know you have to remember, of course, it's not suitable if a player running in a cloud instance is running or is playing against a player that is not running in a cloud instance. Um, yeah, but I, even though I mean, even still today, where you play on two different consoles, you still have the network that needs to be able to sync. Your game states, your game states together, right? Yeah, true. So you true. probably have the same problem there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But in terms of the 
overall workaround what what the um, benefits are of the 5G in 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 comparison to what we have today. Well, when 5G was prototyped or, or um, in the in the early development stages, it was kind of aimed at um, these low latency services had a big focus and also uh, uh, maybe uh, self-driving cars and stuff that they would use 5G technology as well. Um, and you would basically um, overcome these by the fact that, you know, when you're setting up your network at home, it's uh, it's a lot up to the router, how it's doing its routing and, and then the ISP switches if they're configured correctly. And then with 5G, you would be able to set up a service. And since everything is kind of standardized, uh, everybody would have to follow the same rules for this type of data that you're setting up right now. Um, and because of that, you could get a better service, but you would still have some latency, of course. Uh, but yeah, these okay. ultra, ultra low serv latency services are like, you know, <laughs> they were talking about guys remote controlling and uh, a digging machine from the other side of the world, then you would have like five millisecond latency or something. Um, so it's on, on that level. Um, so basically you could have a racing game with cars on the other side of the, of the world where yeah, yeah. you, they're self-driving, but you're actually driving them in, in real life. Yeah. Imagine that being like super mega VR. <laughs> Exactly. That is high fidelity yeah. right there, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's just because everything is, is standardized in another way and everything is more strict in another in another way. So then everybody's kind of on their on their toes to uh, to make it make it happen. Um, yeah. In in normal networking, it's it's a bit more relaxed. That's why you get very var varied experiences. But yeah, we'll see uh, when we I get see. there. Yeah, okay. exciting times. Yeah, we we so we covered an hour on on cloud gaming anyway. So then I think we're we're just gonna go our next topic, the next episode. Um, <laughs> well, we did touch a lot of topics there. We we talked yeah. about five G, right? We talked about the cloud computing uh, hardware. We talked about uh, why you would go about going for a for a cloud computing kind of a platform. Yeah. Uh, some major players out there, even the the small runner-ups like Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that's the most exciting news. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and also, I mean, you you had a, a small rant there about the uh, Nvidia yeah. platform uh, versus uh, service, where the the game providers, the publishers really didn't want to subscribe to the model. That I they... warned about this rant before we started, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it. Uh, you're supposed to talk about your feelings here. Yeah, We're yeah. all one here, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thanks for guys listening. This was really fun, a uh, really fun topic for us to talk about. Um, Maxi Boy here is a really he's an expert in in this kind of in this field so it was cool to hear his side of the story as well thank you thank you all right so see you next time yes remember Tuesdays that's exactly. when we release our episodes yes thank you very much Jussi yeah thank you bye 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 guys. bye, -bye.